Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for February 10th, 2020. Well, once again, good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a privilege it is to come into your homes or car or wherever it is you're listening to these podcasts. I hope you enjoyed the three that I did with my sons. They have been a blessing to me, and I think that they are a blessing to you. I appreciate that we tried to keep them, in a sense, non-professional, just kind of out of our lives to share with you. So I pray that that was a blessing. I'm going to continue doing something that has been very meaningful to me in my Christian life over the years, and that's to go back and read scriptures and then make some comments on them. One of the things that uh, you and I have come to know is that the scriptures speak of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, oftentimes words, I don't know if we just become too familiar with them, and they don't have the impact that they should have. And one of the reasons that I read out of so many different translations is to sort of protect and guard myself from shutting off the meanings of words and their impact on our faith and our mind. So I'm going to be reading some things, uh, a lot of scripture today, and making some comments about it. I want to begin today, if you'd like to turn with me, to the 12th chapter of Romans. And I'm going to just uh, uh, sort out a, a couple of verses and then make some comments. So Romans chapter 12, reading out of the New American Standard to begin with. Verse 1, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. There's much more that could be read, but I want to just make a comment. When you and I are born again from above, from that other realm that we speak of so many times, we're born again by the Spirit, through the grace of God, through the faith that God provides, and we begin to see the kingdom of God. And then by the grace and the mercy of God as we grow, we want to enter into the kingdom of God and make the kingdom of God and all of the things that it says about the kingdom in the scriptures part of our mind. I can even go back into that text I refer to years and years ago when a dear friend of mine introduced me to the Navigators. 
and when they would memorize scripture, and the, one of the first ones was Psalm 119, 9 through 11, how shall a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to thy word. Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, in the New Testament, we find that emphasized and reemphasized again and again. The scripture is meant when blown upon by the Holy Spirit to give us life, to give us joy, to give us understanding, to grow us up. And the text that I've often used when I talk about having our minds transformed is like a computer. And a computer's got an old program that we've got to get rid of. We've got to get a brand new program in that computer. So in our minds, this is what Paul is writing about here in Romans 11, into Romans 12. He's telling us we need our minds renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove. And this you may prove is something I've stumbled over at times. It means that as I my mind is renewed after the Holy Spirit, after the Scripture, my mind becomes renewed so that I may prove what the will of God is. In other words, I'm able to think out of the revelation of the Scripture that's been revealed by the Spirit. I wanted to go back to the last verse of Romans 11, and uh, because every time I run across the word therefore, it means what, what was just preceded it. I'm going to read in the last three verses of Romans 11, where he quotes the old Scripture. He says, Oh, the depths and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who was first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So ends that 11th chapter. But then this word in the first verse of 12 that I read a moment ago, I urge you therefore, brethren, in other words, just because I've what I've just read to you, the depths and the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, that who has known his mind. God wants to get his mind into us. And this is what Paul is urging the Romans to do. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Why your bodies? Because your body right now is the retainer of your mind. And don't be transformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. The only way we're going to know what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, is by putting the Word of God in us, the Scripture, reading it over and over, and pondering it. Oftentimes, I just read it. I don't know. I've been trying to find a way to say it. But sometimes I'll just read chapter after chapter, 
not so much for understanding as to just get it inside of me and let it kind of bubble up under the power of the indwelling spirit. And it's amazing that at times scriptures will come then to mind that I've put there and I'd forgotten I'd put them there. I want to read just a couple more verses from Romans 12, and then I'm going to go to another text in Philippians. Now, my emphasis in this podcast is getting the mind of God into us, going back to that 11th chapter where he quotes from the Old Testament, where about the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor? And he's saying, ah, we can be transformed in our minds by the word of God. That's my point. I want to read one more verse from Romans 12, then we're going over to Philippians 4. In the third verse, it says, For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So we're going to get the put, put the Word of God in us, and then the Holy Spirit can recall to our memory those things that a situation may bring about. That's why I've often gone in my testimony, and in some of you who've read my book, when our son died shortly after birth, and that was when I believed that all I had to do was find the scriptures that I felt were appropriate to the situation, that God had to say yes to them. And what I learned, sort of the hard way, was very simple. When my son died, I was angry, I was disappointed, I was frightened, and all of that. And forgive me for rehearsing this again on this podcast, but I can remember sitting in the parking lot and saying, but God, healing is in the atonement. Jesus Christ has already paid the price for all of our sickness and disease and sorrow and pain by his grace. Why isn't my son alive? I've claimed that scripture. I've claimed the ones from Peter, where it says, by his stripes I've been healed. And Now my son has died, and I I became confused because I didn't think the problem was with God, but must be with me somehow. Had I not exercised enough faith? Had I chosen the wrong scripture? And I think what the Lord began to say to me was something very simple that I've learned more profoundly over the years, and it was simply this. You present these situations of your life unto God Almighty, and you say, Father, here's the situation I'm in. It may be in a relationship. It may be in a family situation. It may be uh, uh, something that came out of your childhood or just sin that somehow was in your life some way. And you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, would you speak to this? And rather than going and selecting from the scripture, what I think applies, I say, Father, breathe on the word that speaks to me. And I learned this a little through the death of my son. As I sat in that parking lot, and I've told this before, but I say it with profound humility and love of God. I thought God was just going to kill me because I 
was so angry at him. I swore it, Almighty God. You didn't do what the Bible said you do. You said by his stripes he's healed. Well, he's not. He's dead. Well, I got all that out, and I remember waiting in the car and thinking, oh, no, I've just so displeased God. He's going to kick me out of the kingdom. He's going to kill me. And I just kind of shuddered. And at the bottom of my shuddering, I just gave up and I said, help me, Lord. And here's what roared, and I cannot think of another word, out of my innermost being, out of my belly, as the scripture says in John 7, came this, though he slay me, yet will I love him. And all I know is that everything began to change inside me. I was no longer disappointed. I was no longer feeling rejected by God. I was no longer afraid of God. I felt his grace and his joy. And when I went up and began to talk to my wife, she said, honey, just a minute. You know, I was so disappointed when when uh, our son died. But do you know what just happened a few minutes ago? He said, though he slay me, I will trust him. And sweetheart, I do trust him. And I said to her, I trust him too. And we had a time of joy in the midst of our pain at that loss. My point in saying all of this is, the scripture is a great gift of God. And one of the things that I did in the beginning of my book was quote those verses from John 5, 39 and 40. I'm going to quote them out of the New American Standard, but you can find them in any version of the Bible you want to read. Romans chapter 5, excuse me, John chapter 5, 39 and 40. When Jesus is speaking to uh, uh, to the brethren, and he's talking about he can't do anything of himself, he only does what the Father tells him, or what the Father shows him, and he gives so many examples. And then he gets down to the 39, 39th verse, and he says this, You search the Scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but it is these that bear witness of me. What's the these here? It's the scripture. And the next verse 40 is, and you're unwilling to come to me that you may have life. That just explodes within me when I read it. You search the scriptures. There's nothing wrong with searching the scriptures. And you think that in them you have eternal life. But it's these who speak of me. The scriptures don't give you life. Jesus, who breathes upon them, gives them life. So when we read the context then, the two verses before and after, just listen to what John writes. And the Father who sent me, he is born witness of me. You've neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. You search the scriptures, because you think in them you have eternal life, and it is these that bear witness of me. And you're unwilling to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another shall come in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another, and you do not seek the glory 
that is from the only one God. The point of all of that is I cherish and love the scriptures so very much. They have been lifesavers to me time after time when I've been praying about something and the Holy Spirit will bring a text to mind and he'll say, trust God in this. But it's always prefaced by the breath of his life. I can't just randomly choose what I always think is appropriate. Just as when my son died, the answer from Almighty God that had the breath on it. Because, you know, whether we like to realize it or not, we're all terminal. I I go over to Prairie Rose with a lot of old people who are 70, 80, 90, some in their early hundreds. And we were talking one day and they love to sing the song, you know, I'm going to see Jesus soon. And they laugh sometimes and say, you know, we're at the front of the line. And then they all begin to say to one another, you know, we're all terminal. Well, you get that in your mind. And I and I and when I think of the sick and the, the death and dying, we are all terminal. In this body, we're going to die. But we've already received eternal life that will never die. So, as I close this podcast today, I just want to pray once again these words from the Scripture. I'm going to read from the seventh chapter of John's Gospel. It's when he's in the temple, at the end of the meeting, and they're pouring water over the sacrifices. And on the 37th verse, he says this, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When I read that, I realize that Jesus is talking about the Scripture. He says in that 38th verse, uh, 37th verse, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, so the Scriptures say, come to me. And oftentimes, all I've heard from some people, and I think it's a misuse of the Scripture, is go to the Bible. And they go to the Bible and they select what they think is appropriate, rather than going to Jesus and allowing Him by the Spirit to select what is truly appropriate. Remember when he said this initially in John 7, the Spirit hadn't been given, but he has been given now, and he is available to you and I. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for the great scriptures that you've given us that have come down to us over the centuries. How faithful you've been. And we do present our bodies as living sacrifices unto you. And we do not want to be conformed to the world. We want to be transformed by having our minds renewed. And the scripture comes when it's breathed on by you and it renews our mind. So that we may prove what your will is. What is good and acceptable and perfect. 
Hear our prayer, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.